Listeners, we got a wonderful special treat for you. We're going to announce the winners of Fences, our Fences giveaway, our partnership oh. with Paramount. Yes. Did I win? Con- no, you can't enter. You can't win. Congratulations to three wonderful winners, Nicole Miller, Will Griesmeyer, and Dan Dykstra. I'm sorry if I butchered any of those names, but congratulations. Those are the winners. But guess what? Yeah, let's Critic give them a round of applause. Ha! <laughs> uh, Critic, I think you've got another thing to, to sort of tease. That's right. If you keep listening to this episode, uh-oh, there might be another special treat coming for you, everybody. Now, remember, if it's a giveaway, it's at whywatchthat.com. But you got to listen to know what to do exactly with that. Isn't that right, Ref? Hmm. That's right. So don't move that dial. On this episode of Why Watch That. So now we're in season five? And they're just recognizing these people with Emmys? Good gracious. Or nominations, rather. Uh, (laughs) Harriet Tubman is taking names, okay? (laughs) She ain't playing games. Mama ain't either, and neither is any of the other cast members. Engaged, lost everything to this man, and now she trusts him again? Yeah. What? Is he working for the FBI or not? What? This, of all of the Marvel series on Netflix... Is probably the worst. Good gracious. Wow. And here's why. Why Watch That is a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. That. Presented by Dynamic Network. The Why Watch That Talk. Well, after a little time off, the critic and I are back talking about TV again. What a shock. (laughs) I can't believe it. No kidding. Good (laughs) gracious. Well, I tell you what, these shows we have not talked about yet, uh, in a sense, because these are shows that are either returning from winter break or shows that have just begotten and and returning for their season or brand new shows at that. (laughs) So we're going to get cracking on this because this list looking good. Oh. Let's start with one of our favorites, The Americans on FX. And it was, I think, season, what, three was our pick of the week a couple weeks ago. And season now we're, four. Season, season four. four was our pick of the week. So now we're in season five? Yes. And they're just recognizing these people with Emmys? Good gracious. Or nominations, rather. Uh, <laughs> so The Americans are back on FX, and there's some monkey wrenches. Well, of course. I mean, you know, season to season, it gets worse and worse. They get deeper and deeper into potential trouble. So, of course, we have Carrie Russell as Elizabeth Jennings and Matthew Reese as her husband, Philip Jennings. They are KGB officers. They are married, and they have children. They are in the United States. It is the 1980s. Now, in season five, we know that the daughter, Paige, knows... Yeah, she knows all about them. But here's the thing. She wants to date the neighbor's son. And that neighbor, oh, yes, 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 played by Noah Emmerich, is FBI agent Stan Beeman. Uh-oh. Oh, so Stan. 
Elizabeth and Philip are looking at Paige going, look at here, Paige. You can't, you can be with any other guy in the world but him. <laughs> because we don't believe that you'll be able to not signal that something's up. So we see them starting to groom her to be a potential officer. I guess who knows? Also, Mama Elizabeth is showing her how to defend herself physically. Hmm. Now, what goes on at the beginning of the season is they have a new mission where they have a fake son, Tuan, okay? Mm. So he's pretending to be their son, an adopted son, so that they can infiltrate a family who has just come from the Soviet Union, who is defected. So they have to get information because something's going on with the crops in Russia. Because the thing is, the United States at the time, I don't know if we still do so, but at the time sent them a lot of their grain. So what's going on with the grain? Are they intentionally poisoning it? That's what they're investigating. And this is leading to things they didn't expect. Whoa. So if you haven't watched The Americans yet, start from the beginning, get to watching. Everybody should see it. I agree. It's only 13 or so episodes. It's all on Amazon Prime at this point, one through four. And if you want to catch season five, you better get cracking. I do have to say on the side note that life may be imitating art or art is imitating life at this yeah. point with the our current administration. So anyway, Uh-oh. designated survivor on, on <laughs> ABC. And this is the Kiefer Sutherland show. I watched a couple episodes and I stopped. Oh, okay. Well, I almost stopped, but they went into hiatus. I said, okay, let me just keep going and see what happens when they come back from hiatus, which they did on March 8th. I will say this. This show is really towing the line. It's on the bubble for me. At any moment, I could stop watching. So we've come back. We know that at the end of the first half of the season last year, there was a shot. Okay, did the president get shot? Did someone else? Did it miss? We find out at the beginning uh, uh, of these new episodes for this year. So I'll just tell you, because who cares? The president was shot, but not fatally. And that president is played by Kiefer Sutherland. Now, the thing is, he is figuring out what's going on. Because the whole thing here, everybody, is there was a, a whole mass murder of politicians at the beginning of the season. So it fell to the HUD secretary to <laughs> be He's the new president. He was a designated survivor. Yeah. Yes, exactly. He was a designated survivor. And we find out that a member of Congress also is a designated survivor. And she is now the Speaker of the House because ain't nobody left. Now, they had to get some new people in. Great. So with that, everybody, we see what's going on. And by the way, Virginia Madsen plays that Speaker of the House. Now, she and uh, Kiefer Sutherland's character are kind of at loggerheads, but not quite. They're almost in cahoots now. So the thing is, what is going on behind these assassinations? Who is the culprit? It is the vice president now. That's what the president figures out. But the thing is, everybody... What can they do about this vice president? Can they turn him? Can they uh, stop him and his organization? Or does it run much deeper? Here's the suggestion. If you have been watching this, I would say if you made it this far, continue. If you haven't started watching it, you would really have to love ABC, I will say, 
to want to see this, to have the patience to continue. Because a lot of it, especially the first half of the season, they just dragged it out. And I said, when we first talked about this, I said, this show will depend upon how quickly they can get the plot moving. They have not done a great job of it. So there you go. That's Designated Survivor. Underground on WGN is is in its second season, and things have turned around a bit. The Macon 7 is looking different yeah. right about now, and Harriet Tubman is taking names, okay? <laughs> she ain't playing games. Mama ain't either, and neither is any of the other cast members. So, mm-hmm. what do we got going on in season two? Well, in season two, uh, Journey Smollett Bell's character, Rosalie, we know she escaped. We know that she connected with Harriet. okay Harriet Tubman. That's right. And we get Harriet Tubman uh, sleeping spells and all. Okay. <laughs> so it's it's just like she will go out. It's great the way they do that. So Rosalie is now a part of the Underground Railroad. She is a mini Harriet Tubman. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now Aldous Hodge's character Noah is in captivity. He's yes. about to be sold again into slavery. Who does he get sold to? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I'm not even going to say. Okay. Jessica DeGue's character, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Hawks, her husband, we know they're the abolitionists. They have come out with that, but something tragic happens to her husband, and how does she pick things up? Well, she finds her way to Harriet Tubman's circle as well. All right. Now, Alano Miller's character. Kato. Uh, uh, uh. He was one of the making seven begrudgingly. Okay. Now, I won't tell you, but he's connected to Aldous Hodges' character. Mm. And we know Amira Van's character, Ernestine, Mama of Rosalie, she has been sold. Yes. And she is very good with uh, all of the different uh, medicinal purposes of herbs. <laughs> <laughs> and she uses them. Uh, okay. She's having visions. She is on a new plantation. And by the way, guest star to this podcast, Keith Arthur Bolton, has a recurring yes. role this season. He does. He does. Congrats to him. Congrats to him. So I will say that this show, if you like the first season, continue watching it. it. They are progressing appropriately for me. I like what they've done adding to the cast. I think they've made smart choices. And I like what's going on story-wise because there is a new slave hunter on the prowl and it's a woman and she is out for blood mm. absolutely well speaking of out for blood it looks like the catch on abc is back <laughs> in its second season yeah. and we're talking about out for blood now listen this woman was engaged lost everything to this man and now she trusts him again yeah what is he working for the fbi or not what yeah it's the catch on abc shonda's baby <laughs> yes. So, in this second season, we know the two main characters played by Marie Enos and Peter Krause. That's Alice Vaughn and Benjamin Jones. They're back together again. Yeah, I mean, they are. And I mean, in love. In love. He he conned her, double-crossed her. He was locked up. And, and she, of course, is a private investigator. And they, they are in the happiest of loves. Who knew that this could happen? Now, he cuts a deal with an FBI agent played by Gina Torres. Your Mm -hmm. girl. (laughs) Uh, That's right. Women back on the screen. That's what I'm talking about. Now, (laughs) she, okay, agrees to let him out early if he works for her. Now, how does that go down? We know it doesn't go down the way she thinks it will. And it doesn't go down the way that he thinks it will. Okay? Now, Margot Bishop 
who was in the middle of Marie Enos and Peter Krause. She's played by Sonya Walger. Mm-hmm. She is now in trouble. She's now at the head of the criminal syndicate and they're out to kill her. Who? We don't know. I mean, who knows who's hiring people to kill her, but the assassin, the assassin, she actually managed to turn. Now, amidst all of this, Alice Vaughn's brother, Tommy Vaughn, played by T.R. Knight, joins the cast, and he's got problems. He's found some money, a lot of money, and he wants to disappear. Now, Alice tells him, no, don't do that, but we know what's going to happen there. And on and on and on. Now, this show is the fizzy uh, uh, Land show. Yes. It's not like any of the other ones. I appreciate it for that. So if you want a lighter take, this really is more of a late spring summer show, even though it's going on now. That's the feel of it. Uh, I would say watch that if, if this is what you're looking forward to and you like Shondaland overall. I will say for this season, I do like the additions to the cast. I think they've made some smart choices, um, and it is what it is. Yep, it is. American Crime on ABC is back in its third installment. We'll say that because we know that it's an anthology and most of the cast members are back. A couple aren't, but there are some additions. Mm. So this time we're dealing with different types of crime. It's not just one crime in particular. It's more or less a couple crimes, sex trafficking, uh, immigration, and, and other things. So John Ridley's back. He sure is. His baby, right? So, I mean, you basically said it. It's hard for this show to summarize it because you can give away a lot that you don't want to. Um, So, yes, we are dealing with illegal immigration. Uh, Character Luis Salazar, we see him come to the United States for work, and that doesn't go the way he thinks it's going to. He specifically wants to go to North Carolina. Why? Mm, You'll have to watch to find out. So he gets to this farm. He learns that, well, wait a minute. You've got to pay for all of the fees that were incurred in getting you across the border illegally. So Mm -hmm. he's got to work that off first before he can make any money. Ha! Bad situation for him. Now, we know the great Regina King plays a social worker. And she, you know, she's trying to help teenagers who are involved in sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. It's really heavy stuff. I mean, this is American crime. Yep. And we start to see the system. This is really, this season is really about the systems that are in place and how they work. So we can see that she's trying her best, but she only has so much power. Also, we have uh, a whole other thing when it comes to the farm itself, the people who own the farm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we can see that there's some dirt underneath the surface that we're definitely going to get to, okay? And, and I that- enjoy that Cherry Jones is part of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they added Cherry Jones there. And, of course, this is Felicity Huffman's character, who's the major one there. We also have yeah. returning uh, Timothy Hutton, Lily Taylor, Richard Cabral, Benito Martinez. You mentioned Cherry Jones was added to the cast. Sandra O oh was also added to the cast. Janelle Maloney, Dallas Roberts. I mean, the cast is still stellar. And I still believe that this is one of the best shows on TV. It's certainly a singular show on ABC. Uh, If you want some serious drama that really feels like it should be on a cable network, this is the show for you. It's right up there with anything that FX is doing. And I want to reiterate that you do not have 
have to go back and watch the two previous seasons again. This is the third installment, completely different storyline. There's no uh, receding storyline story from any of the other ones. So if you want to start afresh, you can start with the season. You can go back and watch season two or you can go back and watch season one. You don't have to watch them chronologically. That's so, right. Yep. NBC has trial and error, and I have a feeling that the title is indicative of the show. It stars <laughs> uh, John Lithgow among other comedians and yeah. comedians. Um, I'm not sure how this went, but it's its first season, so. Oh, boy. Uh, so this is a mockumentary. You know, they're making fun of the whole true crime genre that has leaped into prominence recently. Uh, so we have John Lithgow, who's playing Larry Henderson, a man who's accused of murdering his wife. He maybe murdered... A- previous wives (laughs) so it's very reminiscent of the michael peterson case if you know that one it's just like that now his legal team isn't so great because he gets dropped by his real attorney and the backup attorneys played by nick d'agosto uh josh siegel this is his first time doing anything essentially of this nature now he has to go uh on location and hire an investigative team. And a part of that team is Sherry Shepard. So that tells you how good the team is. They hire Sherry Shepard. This is a comedy. It ain't going well. And Sherry Shepard's character and Flash has every ridiculous ailment you can think of. So it's this kind of thing. It's, It's just like what we've seen from NBC before with the whole mockumentary starting with The Office on down. Uh, I will say for me, it does not work. It is familiar in a way that is not appealing. I don't find it funny. Some of the critics like like it. So what? You will know, I'll tell you everybody, probably in the first five to ten minutes, whether this will work for you. Yeah, I agree. Snatch on Crackle is in its first season. It's based on the movie, that Brad Pitt movie, you remember? Remember? Mm. And uh, I haven't seen it, so I'm eager to hear. Yeah, so this is all about heist. It's, you know, that's what it is, uh, based on that movie. And we have the boxing element involved, just like the movie. Now, these aren't the same characters as the movie, I will tell you. So if you've seen the movie, it's not the same. It's the same milieu, let's say. Now, we have a, a group of youngsters. They're in their early 20s, and they decide to do a heist. And it's a heist of... Uh, a criminal, okay? So a criminal boss. Now, Luke Pasqualino plays Albie Hill, who is the head of this group of youngsters. His father was a crime boss, but he's now in prison. But the father still, of course, wants to exert his influence on his son and criminal events from within the prison. His son wants to make a name for himself. Now, his friend is Rupert Grint from the Harry Potter series. His character's name is Charlie Cavendish Scott. And their other friend who's a boxer is Billy, I won't say his uh, nickname, Ayers, okay, played by Lucian Laviscount. Now, the three of them come up with a way to steal from Ed Westwick's character. If you've seen Gossip Girl, he is in that. Uh, Sony Castillo take money from him in a heist. And the way they do it is his Sonny's partner gives them the lowdown because she says, wait a minute, I made you who you are. I'm the brains behind this operation. I'm going to show you what's going on. But what happens is in this heist, the information they're given about these about this van that contains all this money. Well, there's an identical van coming down the same road in opposite directions. So they don't know which van to go to. 
the van they go to is not the right one, but it contains gold bars. So they get a bigger payoff than they expected, which leads to problems, okay? So that's what's going on, essentially. I'm not getting into everything. Here's the overview. It's on Crackle. It's free, okay? If you like crime heist genre kind of shows, check it out. I mean, it it's not great. It's not even good. It's not horrible. Uh, when they are dealing with the heist parts of the plot, it works best. I will say that the characters themselves aren't that distinctive and the acting isn't strong enough to overcome the writing. So there you go with Snatch. Did you know? Part one. Well, in a turn of events, the critic has a did you know for the rest. Oh, my goodness. It's about time. Oh, stop it, stop (laughs) it. (laughs) So here's the thing, and this is a simple question that's going to lead to a complex answer. Ooh. Oh, gosh. So, Ref, which two actors, one, two actors, swapped roles in two major films? One film was directed by the great Steven Spielberg, and the other film was directed by the great Martin Scorsese. Good God, it's like shooting in the night. I do. <laughs> I mean, those are great directors right there. You're going to have to give me... I, I have no idea, but just give me a second. Okay. This episode of Why Watch That is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider of spoken audio entertainment, providing digital versions of audiobooks for download to your computer, phone, and MP3 player. Sign up today to try Audible free for 30 days and get a free audiobook of your choice. Visit audibletrial.com forward slash why watch that to get your free audiobook now and to support our show. Did you know? Part 2. And we are back. You've had a few moments to think about this ref. Again, which two actors swap those roles? Uh, the only uh, all I know is that Martin Scorsese is Daniel Day Lewis and, and Leonardo DiCaprio guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spielberg is everywhere. I have no idea. Think of a major, major picture with a major, major actor in it for Steven Spielberg. That'll help. Who could swap with one of those maybe two guys you mentioned for Martin Scorsese? I don't know. Uh, Spielberg, uh, Tom Hanks. Oh, so Tom Hanks and can't be Leonardo. Daniel Day Lewis? Close. Very close. Now, here's what's so interesting Daniel Day Lewis worked with Spielberg, right? Uh, did he? Yes, in uh, Lincoln. Lincoln, yeah. So you had him with the wrong director, but he's the right guy. And for Martin Scorsese, in his latest movie, Silence. Oh my gosh. Uh, who? Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. Oh. Liam Neeson. Yes, yes, yes. So that's the swap Wait, because so Liam. What happened? What, what? Liam Neeson was going to play Lincoln. <laughs> oh. And Daniel Day Lewis was going to play, uh, you know, the priest that Liam Neeson plays in Silence. Yes, yes, yes. So they swapped. Yes, okay, and now it makes sense because, you know, Martin Scorsese got uh, the book of silence in 1988 so it's been almost 30 years all kinds of changes have happened uh and we're talking about silence for a very specific reason what is that why is that ref 
Well, obviously, I should have gotten the answer. <laughs> but we are having an amazing another giveaway. We're partnering with Paramount again, and we're giving away three copies of Silence, which we both saw yeah. in a sneak peek. So you can check that review out on our website. But again, we are going to ask you if you didn't get Fences this time, you can go for Silence. Come on, it's Martin Scorsese, it's uh, Liam Neeson, it's got uh, a whole bunch of other people. You're going to absolutely treasure this DVD because it's historic cinema. Yeah, and plus it's like three hours, so you're going to get a lot. <laughs> yes, I'll tell you that, that DVD. So go to our website, www.whywatchthat.com, or check out any of our social media handles. We're on Facebook at Why Watch That, and we're on Twitter at WWT Radio. And, of course, you can always check out Why Watch That Critic, Why Watch That Referee, for more details as well on Twitter. So, yeah, enter and win. That was a good one, Critic. Silence. Back to why watch that. Okay, moving on to Iron Fist on Netflix. This is the third installment of uh, Netflix's journey on the way to creating the Defenders, which is Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and then obviously, I'm sorry, this is the fourth. Um, yeah. Iron And the last, Iron Fist. So after that, we'll be getting the Defenders, which yeah. they already have a, a trailer out, which was released at uh, one of the Comic-Cons. Mm-hmm. So we both saw this, and we both have the same reaction. I'll just let you take the one back. <laughs> so we have uh, Finn Jones playing Iron Fist, or Danny Rand is his real name. He returns to the great NYC after 50. 50- years. Now what happened is he went on a trip with his parents and they are presumed dead. So they thought he was dead for 15 years and his father or his family's company is now in the hands of other people. Friends of the family and really the children of the friends of the family. Now these children, that's uh, Ward and Joy Meacham played by Tom Pelfrey and Jessica Stroop they go, no, you're not Danny. Danny's dead. We don't believe you. So Danny's coming back going, oh, I'm going back to my business. Everything's great. I just want to talk to these people. And they shut him out. And they do so for very specific reasons. Because their father recently died. Or is he? The father, Harold Meacham, is played by David Wenham. If you've seen the Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy, you know him. Of course, he's in hiding. And there's this evil doer who knows who he is. uh, The Hand that has Harold under his or her sway. So Harold does not want Danny to get any beachhead when it comes to this company. Something's going on. And it goes as far as them locking him up in an insane asylum to keep him quiet. Now, while he's there, we learn more about what happened in the intervening 15 years. He went to one of the cities of heaven. He learned how to focus his chi. And that's what leads to his powers with the iron fist. He can punch things really hard. And, and knock people out, okay? And he's a great fighter. Now, he also meets a character uh, by the name of Colleen Wing, played by Jessica Henwick, who's also a martial artist. And how do they connect? You'll have to watch, maybe, yeah. to find out. Now, this, of all of the Marvel series on Netflix, is probably the worst. Good gracious. Wow. Um, and here's why. We are all, if you've seen these shows, used to shaky writing at times, shaky acting, The one thing that tends to hold up is the fighting. 
Daredevil has the best, some of the best fighting on TV, period. This shows, even the fight scenes are bad. That's when I was like, okay, I'm done with this. I mean, yeah. they were so lackluster, I could not believe it. Could not believe it. So I I think, I'm speaking for both of us, Ref, we caution you on this show. Look, if you yeah. have a Netflix subscription, you can check it out, but just know it ain't good. Nope. Into the Badlands on AMC is is there. And I don't know much about it, so I'm really leaning on you on this, and so are our listeners. Well, you know, we just came from one martial arts show that doesn't work to another on AMC that's in its second season. From the first season when I discussed it, I loved the fighting. I remember that. That's what this show is about. So the question is coming to the second season, are they going to hold back and regress and do what like Designated Survivor and lots of shows now are doing, stretch things out? Or are they going to get to work? And I'm happy to say that they get to work, okay? Oh, good. The fighting is back. As long as they have the fighting, it's fine. Now, we have Sonny, who was essentially an assassin. I won't use their terms. He is in some sort of slavery because of the actions that he did uh, at the end of the first season. And what he did was saved a kid from being captured. And this kid has special powers. So we see this kid is now being trained to use those powers by monks. Okay, so Sonny has to figure out a way to get out of this mine where he is being forced to work. He's a slave. Uh, and we know that the boss, his former boss, is dead, or is he? His son is now trying to take over. And the son's mother, what's her influence as well? Also, what's going on with the other bosses in this land? How are they going to exert their influence? How are they going to take over from the vacuum that's been left by the supposed death of, you know, Sonny's boss, Quinn? So that's enough. I'm not going any further into it. Again, this is a show for people who like to see martial arts. They give you plenty of fights per episode. And the fights deliver. They are not for the faint of heart. I will tell you that. And I don't have a faint heart, so I will be watching. Oh, goodness. We are, I need to get cracking here because Shots Fired is on Fox. Yeah. They have been, like, I feel like they've done, like, 75 premieres. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, of course, if you want to hear our uh, behind the scenes with Shots Fired, we were able to talk to them at the Urban World Film Festival. Uh, the cast, along with the creators, the Blythewoods, it's out. It's here. And it's about, what, 10 episodes? And boy, mm-hmm. oh boy, it's promising a lot of things. Does it deliver? That's the question. Well, as of taping, one episode is aired. Okay. So let's keep that in mind. And the next one's about to air. Sanaa Lathan plays Ash Aquino. She's a great investigator. She used to be a cop. Something happened, of course, that removed her from being a cop. But now she's investigating. She has a daughter who's not in her custody. The daughter's in the custody of the daughter's father. So what's going on there? All right. She has uh, been hired to investigate uh, for the Department of Justice a shooting of a white kid in North Carolina by a black cop. Now, the black cop is uh, played by Tristan Wilds. If you've seen The Wire, you know him. He's a rapper, all of that. Clean-cut guy trying to do his job. And the mother of the kid who was shot is played by Jill Hennessy, and she has her own story to tell. Now, the problem is that the Department of Justice is investigating this crime, supposed crime, let's say, 
and but they're not investigating another shooting, which is the shooting of a black kid by a white cop. Okay, so the community's torn around this. Now, the uh, Department of Justice special prosecutor is Preston Terry, played by uh, Stephen James. You've seen Selma, you know him. If you've seen the movie Race, that's him. And he does not want to listen too much to what Sanaa Lathan has to say. Now, she's the one with experience, though. So we have that dynamic going on. So that's the setup. I won't go further into it. I will say, based on the pilot, it's okay. For the Bythewoods, for me, their dialogue isn't always the strongest, and it leads to problems. And I think that what they'll have to do moving through these 10 episodes is add enough wrinkles to the story to make it compelling. The start is fine. It's not great. I do think, though, that they have a good cast. Um, the cast also includes Helen Hunt and Richard Dreyfus and Stephen Moyer and others. And I will say that Sanaa Lathan is working for her money. Mm. So regardless of whether the lines work or not, she is. she came to play. So check it out. Uh, I think this will require at least two episodes to get a feel for it, to know whether this is the show for you or not. Again, if you want to hear the behind the scenes of Shots Fired, you can check that out on our website. Empire is back from its winter sleep. And uh, Taraji's not, or Cookie rather, she's taking names and she's beating up people and breaking <laughs> stuff and getting back with people. And I just can't keep up with the with the lions. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, in this whole season, they're all back on top of each other the way it should be. In the episode that just aired, uh, their first episode back from their hiatus, uh, we're back into the war between Cookie and Lucius. And that's what the show is about. Yeah. That's where it is. Lucius, of course, is trying to exert his influence. Cookie is now reminding him, look at here, sucker. Don't forget what I've done for you. She tells him that, and she shows him that via violence with a lot of the uh, things in his lovely home, okay? So, she smashes things up because Lucius decides to bring back someone to become the new head of A&R. Who is that, boo-boo kitty? You know who it is. Yeah. So, that leads to a major blow-up. Between the two of them. Now, of course, we still have this FBI investigation of Lucius's, uh, led by Lucius, Lucius's half brother who has a problem oh, with him. Gosh, I just, oh boy. Well, he, the kibosh has been put on that. So we'll see what he does after that. We also have the whole drug addiction thing and, and all the craziness with the sons. So all of that's continuing. I just think that this show is about Cookie and Lucius. As long as they focus on them and their ridiculousness, I'm fine. When they don't, it loses its grip. Yep, yep, yep. Let's end this. Golly. Yes. With something quite the opposite to Bronte (laughs) Sisters. Really? On on PBS. Well, actually, you you know, they had a little drama of their own. Yes. On PBS and again on PBS. If you're not watching it now, get ready to pay for it. So um, you really, really got to sneak in there in the first week or two to catch these episodes. But it's it's capping. It's ending. Yeah. So, uh, yes, as you said, to walk invisible, the Bronte sisters, it is about, yes, the famous Bronte sisters, those wonderful writers from the 19th century in England. So Jane Eyre, Wuthering Heights and so on. Well, this is about how they came to be authors. 
So it's the three sisters, Charlotte, Emily, and Anne, and their brother, Branwell. So, oh, have you heard about him? Hmm. So the four of them wanted to be writers, and Branwell, the brother, was really the one who had that dream. It starts in this movie. It's a two-hour movie. It starts showing them as kids, and they're playing and coming up with their own stories, and he's in, in charge, essentially. Well, what happens is... They, of course, all get hired with different families, including Branwell. Branwell messes this up because he has a little liaison with a wife. Uh Uh Mm -hmm. Yeah, he does. And the hubby finds out. But he's like, look, that wife was being neglected. Somebody had to take care of her. (laughs) Now, this, though, ends up breaking his heart. Something happens that forever separates him from this woman because the husband actually does die. He's old, by the way. Mm. And he always had a drinking problem. This exacerbates that problem. So what happens is the three sisters decide that, look, we can't rely on our father, who, by the way, is played by Jonathan Price. We can't rely on him to take care of us. He's really, he's going to die at any minute. We don't know when. You know, he's getting old. He can't see anymore, things like that. And he's a reverend, by the way, very upstanding gentleman. So they go, we can't rely on him And we certainly can't rely on our brother to take care of us. What happens when our father dies? We've got to do something. So they decide to first publish uh, a book of poems and to take pseudonyms. So as Acton, Currer, and Ellis Bell, same initials. And this way they won't have to deal with being women in the 1840s and being taken seriously or not. So the poems are published. Then they decide to publish novels. And that happens as well. Now, something happens that forces them to unmask themselves. That's not what they wanted to ever do. And the way that happens surprises both them and the people who learn who they really are. So that's essentially what goes on here. It's a lot of drama. It's a lot of tragedy in this two-hour movie. It is from the Brits. It's not the greatest of these kinds of biopics that we've seen and it's not the worst it gets the job done so if this is your kind of thing i would say check it out it is by the way uh written and directed by sally wainwright who is the creator of happy valley Ooh, okay so there you go huh can you take a breath critic you might have to (laughs) you can check out all of this on our website again it is not going to stop so tv will be catching up with you later And now, the pick of the week. The critic is coming at us with the pick of the week. It's Big Little Lies on HBO. It's culminating this Sunday, so you're going to have to catch up on those episodes. It stars some pretty amazing people. Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman, Shailene Woodley, Alexander Skarsgård, Zoe Kravitz is in there. Lord, there are a whole bunch of people created by David E. Kelly uh, based on Leanne Moriarty's novel, and it's directed by Jean-Marc Vallée. Do tell us about Big Little Lies. Well, you know, this is a dramedy. It's dark. It's light. It's comedic. It's all kinds of things. Everybody, here's the lowdown. There's a murder. What? A murder? And maybe more. That's happened in Monterey, California. So this is a beautiful part of California if you've never been or never seen it. You are by the water, all of that. This is where we are. And these are wealthy people. Who done it and who's dead? That's the question from the very beginning. So it's almost a twist on the affair on Showtime, almost like that, but this is a drama D. 
So, here are the players. We have Reese Witherspoon playing Madeline Martha McKenzie. She is the queen bee. Don't mess with her. One of her friends is played by Nicole Kidman. Her character, Celeste Wright, she's a former attorney who's married to Alexander Skarsgård's character, Perry Wright, who is a controlling husband. So there's a lot going on in that relationship. They befriend a new mother in town, played by Shailene Woodley. Her character's Jane Chapman. All right. Now, another mother in the town is Zoe Kravitz, who is married to Reese Witherspoon's first husband, and he's played by James Tupper. So Zoe Kravitz and James Tupper have a daughter, and Reese Witherspoon has an older daughter with James Tupper as well. Now, Reese Witherspoon's character also has a younger daughter with Adam Scott's character, her new husband. See how all of this tangled stuff comes in? So that's one thing. The other thing is Laura Dern's character, Renata Klein, has a daughter as well. Now, all of these young kids are in the same class in school. They have an orientation one day, and Laura Dern's daughter claims that she was physically assaulted by Shailene Woodley's son. Uh Uh-oh. The son says, no, I didn't do it. The daughter says, yes, it's him. What's going on there? And the sides form. We have Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman, Shaylee Woodley on one side, Laura Dern, <laughs> and some others on the other. And they go tit for tat, back and forth throughout the season because of this, which presumably leads up to this murder. How? You'll have to watch it to find out. Let me tell you, from the beginning, I really fell in love with this. I think it's hilarious when it needs to. They can stop on a dime and go to dramatic, and it's credible, and they can give us the dark. They really nail it. There is not one storyline that I was not interested in, which is very hard to do, and the performances are very, very strong. Most notably, Reese Witherspoon, who absolutely nails it. So please, if you haven't seen this yet, you can binge all seven episodes. Uh, Sunday, of course, will be that final seventh episode. Watch it. You'll like it. There we go. Okay, again, this is on HBO. That means you have to pay for it. But we suggest you check out Big Little Lies. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea, and we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.